This podcast may contain explicit language. This is the Dynasty Download Podcast. Welcome to the Dynasty Download, the show where we prove Dynasty League fantasy is the best form there is. I'm co-host Ethan Hamilton. And tonight we look back at season one of the show, the end of 2020-2021 and Super Bowl 55. So this is our official 56th episode of season one. How do you feel? Insert round of applause. That's kind of cool for something we were just kind of messing around with in quarantine to be over 50 episodes in. That's pretty cool. Yeah, we've done a lot of work. You know, it it adds up when you're doing two episodes a week for like 16 weeks. And uh, we did a lot of work in the offseason yet um, surrounding the draft, the league draft, even the state of the league type of uh, situation. So it's just uh, I I literally counted them up and I was surprised that we had had that many. But it makes sense, you know, when you start looking through it. Yeah, we did do a lot of work in the offseason. And we plan to do quite a bit more uh, as we move into things. Uh, I'll just say off the top here uh, of the show. So this is the last episode of season one. Uh, We will be back, but we're going to take a little bit of time off. Uh, Hopefully it'll warm up by the time we come back uh, because we're in a weird cold snap here in Wisconsin. And it is not fun right now. Uh, I still have to personally replace my car battery over the weekend. And apparently I have to install it myself because... um, A particular auto parts store technicians are just um, dinks. Anyway, uh, that being said, uh, trying to do that in uh, less than zero temperature. I don't know. Is that even a temperature at that point? If if it's less than zero, is it a temperature? I don't envy you, man. I don't envy you at all. No. Yeah, especially because I don't have a garage to be doing it in or anything like protected. I just got to do it out in the elements and the the wind and whatnot. But anyway, um, moving forward, we'll be back here in March. Uh, We haven't exactly decided how we're going to come back. I know that there are quite a few things that we're planning a state of the league uh, rundown. We're going to invite every single member of the league onto the podcast. It's completely optional and up to them, but if they'd like to discuss their own team, uh, they're welcome on the show and we'll kind of run things down for that, but we also have some other things. If you listen to our pre-Super Bowl episode, uh, there are some different ideas that we have. I also just have this huge inclination that there's going to be a bunch of small emergency pods that we're going to have to do because there are going to be some huge uh, cuts on NFL rosters. There are going to be some huge acquisitions. There are going to be a lot of quarterbacks moving. So there's a lot of exciting stuff coming yet. And then uh, obviously this is a great wide receiver quarterbacks draft there are some decent running backs down the board uh there are a lot of possibilities going into fantasy and none of it is set really for next year there are very few things that you could solidly uh say are are absolute pillars or fundamentals moving into next season right as we stand right now coming off of super bowl 55 so uh let's actually discuss super bowl 55 I don't want to spend a ton of time on it because we're a few days out already. And frankly, my uh, entire impression of the game could be summed up in one word, disappointing. 
Oh, I, I was going to say defense, but you could uh, disappointing. say that. Domination. De- disappointing. De- disappointing is also a. I I can't even remember the last time. Maybe what Seahawks Broncos was it where the one team blew out the other? Yeah, although yeah, I will Seahawks, say the Seahawks Broncos was a little bit more lopsided, where you knew that game was over way before this one. But like that, I didn't. As disappointing I didn't. Have, that. I didn't officially turn off this game until that fourth down, like right in the beginning part of the fourth quarter. And at that point, you knew that this game was essentially over. Until that point, you kind of held out hope because you'd seen the Chiefs come back from multiple, you know, double digit deficit point totals. And even, you know, coming back nine points against the Bills in the AFC championship game, like they have a quick strike offense, but it just never really materialized. And I think the other word you could use is domination. Defense works uh, because essentially put the Buccaneers front four, front seven, uh, if you will, that I'd uh, been talking up most of the season as we were kind of going along, just uh, kicked the ass of the Chiefs. I mean, and they're, you know, journeyman backup offensive line. And realistically put, like Patrick Mahomes could have tried to check down the ball a lot in this game. He didn't. I don't think he played terribly. I think the rest of his team either was not up to the level of play needed in order to win this game or simply let him down. Did you see that stat where he ran Patrick Mahomes ran almost 500 yards? Yeah. Before. My goodness. Halfway into the second quarter, he had more rushing yards than passing yards. Like it, it was quite apparent even from an early stage that that was going to have to be how the game was going to be played. The, the Chiefs were going to have a tougher time scoring. They had the better offense. Like, I don't think the Buccaneers did anything extraordinarily on offense. Brady checked down a lot to either Leonard Fournette or his tight ends, like, the whole game. He basically played an Alex Smith game. He had one throw to Mike Evans, and he had a bunch of very short throws to Antonio Brown. I think Antonio Brown had, like, three or four one-yard catches, Like, it wasn't a huge uh, game, but when you're so thoroughly dominating one side of the ball and the other team just is not good enough on defense and they have to rely on their offensive power and that's just not there at all, this game was pretty much over uh, the minute that uh, the Buccaneers stopped blitzing, which was pretty early on. Yeah, I agree 100%. It was... The game for me, I turned it off much earlier than you. I just watching it, I just it was just like, yeah, there's there's no chance, not their day today. So yeah, it was thoroughly disappointing for me. I'm so thoroughly tired of Tom Brady. I really don't want to talk about him. The goat talk has been, I just don't care because again, you're not going to convince me that he is the greatest quarterback. It's just not going to happen. I don't care how much he wins. I've never thought he was the best quarterback of at any one point in his career. He happened to win at the end more often than not, but uh, it depends on your evaluation of whether wins is a quarterback stat. Pure and simple. So yeah, I mean, there's there's 22 starters on off or on a football team. 
in the NBA, it's it's easy. You know, you you can put wins on one guy because you know five people out there at one time, five starters. You know, it's easier to identify, but there's so much more to it. I am for am one with you. You know, I think he's the most accomplished quarterback of all time. But yeah. skill skill wise, I do not believe so. And how quickly we forget people like Peyton Manning. You know. Yep. So well, that's that's where I feel on it too. I, I'm tired of talking about Tom Brady as well. I really had hoped when he was leaving the Patriots that it'd be a nice story, but that we wouldn't have to really give him a whole lot of time or effort. And this has just been disheartening that it continues to be this thing. And there are these giant sycophants that just fawn after his ass. Like, I just, I don't understand it. Okay, he wins. How many different ways can we say it? Like, we can't appreciate it. There's no real nuance to it. Once again, he was handed a Super Bowl MVP that he didn't deserve. Uh, I, I'm, I'm left with almost no hair left understanding what people see in this. But let's move on from that. These are the last two teams that we have not evaluated from the playoffs. Any particular fantasy thoughts on either of these teams going forward? I feel like as an Antonio Brown owner, that's kind of interesting to see what's going to happen to him with also his legal stuff that he also has to deal with. And he was starting to kind of figure it out and where his role was towards the end of the season. Another one is Chris Godwin, him being a free agent. You also wonder if Ronald Jones is their guy or if they bring Leonard Fournette back or if they even go out and get a running back. So for the Buccaneers, that there's a lot of unanswered questions. I think the Chiefs are the Chiefs. We know who they are. We know who their people are. And they're going to be back again next year. If I remember correct, Fournette, Gronk, Godwin, Evans, and Antonio Brown are all free agents. So, like, there's a lot of turnover. And on the defensive side of things, Shaq Barrett's a free agent. Levante David's a free agent. I think there are a couple of other uh, strategically placed guys. But ultimately, this this was a one-year peak uh, roster. The only thing I'll say is is that, uh, as far as a redeeming quality is, is they, they don't seem to be in a huge cap situation right now. They do have franchise tag ability on several different guys that they could go with. They still have Ronald Jones under contract. They have Tom Brady. Uh, They have most of their offensive line. They still have some youth on their uh, defense, particularly in Devin White, Vita Vea, Antoine Winfield, that all are playing well or had uh, big parts of this postseason. And I would imagine that they're bringing back at least some of those guys and all for probably uh, hometown discounts to a certain extent, particularly on the basis that we've talked about with the salary cap not going up. So I don't know how many of these guys are going to be commanding top dollar in an open market setting. I don't know whether Leonard Fournette's going to necessarily be back, but who knows? So as far as the Chiefs, I don't see them changing a whole lot uh, other than I'd be curious to see how they rebuild their offensive line. Like Eric Fisher with his Achilles tear, you don't know when he's going to be back, if at all. And so that leaves a huge hole at left tackle. Uh, Obviously, Le'Veon Bell's not going to be back, not that he was really contributing. Uh, Sammy Watkins has got an open contract with the Chiefs, but 
again, not a huge contributor, but you're going to have Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, uh, and most of that just general offense back. So you have to imagine that they're going to be in roughly the same shape or at least in the top tier of the AFC for, you know, the next couple of years yet while everybody's still under contract unless somebody like, I mean, Travis Kelsey's what, 31? He's the same age as Gronkowski, which is ridiculous. You know, unless he falls off a cliff, I, I imagine these guys to all be the same, which is not usual for a um, Super Bowl loser to be in a good position like this. Yeah, the Chiefs will be back. I don't really see anybody in the AFC contending with them at a super high threat at this point in time. Yes, there's still the draft. There's still free agency. I think the Colts, if they can get a pretty good quarterback, they could be one of those teams that are up there messing with them. But, yeah, I, we'll, we'll see. The one thing I'll say from the AFC standpoint is most of the teams with a lot of cap space that could sign a lot of these free agents are all in the AFC. So you look at the Dolphins, the Colts, the Jets, the Jaguars. Those are all in the AFC, and those guys, uh, the Patriots, uh, could upgrade very quickly if they got uh, several of the free agent deals on lesser contracts because the market's not going to be there. So I think some of those could retool very quickly and create a certain level of depth in the AFC that uh, takes away some of the power that the NFC has had, at least in the middle portion over the last couple of years. So the last part of the Super Bowl, we'll just throw it in here as an, an added benefit. I was on record. I think there's a tweet out there that I sent probably a month ago saying I thought this might be the best halftime show since Bruno Mars. I felt that way. I think I was proven correct. I know it was not universal praise. I like the halftime show, but ultimately, apparently, we can only get a good halftime show when we have a shitty game. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I didn't really watch too much of it. That's it, the week. The, the weekend really, I was one of those people going into it thinking like, that's a weird get. That's a weird get. Um, that's not the reason why I didn't watch it. We, I ended up running errands at halftime with my wife, but it was just one of those things where it was just like, eh, I wasn't too excited to go into it, but I did read like on Twitter that he put on a really good show and he spent like $7 million of his own money too to make it extra special. So, you know, to each his own. Like, I think he's got a lot of good pop hits, so I can't be too upset. And I don't think there's somebody in music that is so widely popular that makes sense for the Super Bowl halftime. So anybody is going to have some level of detraction. But the the one drawback I'll say, and I did like a couple of the commercials, but with them posting all of them online a couple of days ahead of time, it kind of uh, undercuts everything. And frankly, most of the commercials weren't anything particularly special. Most of the big advertisers has been pulling out for years. So I, that's not been a strong part of the Super Bowl experience for the last couple of years. I don't know. Overall, other than I did enjoy the halftime show, there's just was not a memorable Super Bowl. It's not nearly as bad as watching the Super Bowl between the Rams and Patriots two years ago, but it was not uh, one that I, I certainly remember fondly or will beyond basically this next couple of weeks. So I 110% agree with you. 
I'll All probably right. forget about it tomorrow. Any last uh, thoughts for 2020 and our first season? Uh, last thoughts on the league, the NFL itself in 2020 was we were talking all summer about how it takes longer for, you know, rookie wide receivers. And boy, did they just throw that in our face. Wide receivers now are coming into the league ready to go. Um, polished, great route runners, great hands, quick twitch, all that fun stuff. There are a lot of really good rookie wide receivers this year, and there are a lot of hopefully ones that are on my squad that'll break out next year and Jalen Rager, Denzel Mims. But, you know, as our league, as our dynasty league, I'm really happy with where we're at. We're super competitive. I think going into this next year, there's probably four favorites that could win the whole thing. And coming from last summer where we were only talking about maybe two and then Dana wasn't even on at least my radar. Most people's radar are to end up winning the whole thing. I yeah, just he's love the, the fucking Tom Brady of our league. <laughs> I just I just love the the competitiveness, getting other guys into that are seeming to take it more seriously. Competition is fun. So the NFL then as a whole. Sorry, I'm gonna do the NFL then as a whole as well. Um, just finishing COVID. Finishing this COVID season was incredible. I didn't think it was going to be done. I still expect that we're probably going to have a uh, Roger Goodell basement living room uh, draft sort of situation again, just out of necessity. There's just no point in having people collectively gather for that process. It's just kind of pointless when we already proved that we could do a draft without it being really interrupted from the home experience. So, uh, you know, I, I would expect that the NFL has figured it out and they're able to just push ahead like no other league has been up to this point. So I would agree it was somewhat of a feat, but they were the eventual trailblazer on all of this. Everybody else was trying to put everything in a bubble, trying to do all of these workarounds. And now at this point, you've basically seen the NHL, the NBA, even to a certain extent, MLB that they're just going to push forward with their seasons. They're going to allow certain levels of fans in. They're going to do all of these things because they're just copying what the NFL is going to do. And they've seen it already work or that they have a model to work from. And I, I think that is purely off of their back. As far as a league standpoint, I completely agree with you. I, I don't even want to dwell in favorites because I think a lot is going to happen. When we came into the draft and even – Immediately following our league draft, no one would have told me that Cam Akers, Justin Jefferson, uh, Brandon Ayuk, uh, Michael Pittman Jr. were all going to be stalwart picks for just my team, let alone that, you know, Ben was going to have a, a decent pick with kid out, uh, T. Higgins. Like, there are guys down the draft that ended up performing very well, not just the NFL draft, but our draft in general. Uh, that DeAndre Swift would be one of the highest performing uh, rookie running backs, but now is going to be saddled on a bad team. So things turn very, very quickly. And with the amount of transactions, quarterback movement, all the rest of it, I think anybody has a shot. Legit. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying like right now at this point in time, I'm not Miss Cleo. I can't tell the future. I agree that things are going to change. Um, but at this point in time right now, like if we were to do the playoffs over, I feel like anybody in our playoffs could have won the whole thing. Any sure, single person I, in our playoffs. 
But we say that every year. I, I truly believe the fantasy playoffs, if you make the fantasy playoffs, you have a shot because it's it's a complete crapshoot. And I legitimately also believe that you're one decent draft away, uh, depending on how many picks you got and, and the other moves that you could potentially make from being in the playoffs, which means you have a shot at winning. I, I really, even down to the last roster in our league, don't think anybody's completely devoid of talent right now or the investment from the ownership to have uh, a good chance at winning. Like, I, I, I sincerely think this is probably the most competitive our league particularly has been ever. And I have people, or I've had multiple league members texting me already this week about specific rules and other things that they just wanted to check in on to make sure that they understood what was going on because they have investment and buy-in. So I, I just like where we're at from that standpoint. Uh, as far as the show, I think there are definite areas to grow into, but, you know, I, I look at it just generally as a decent success. We were learning on the fly. We figured out how to do two shows a week and for the most part got them all done and in with our busy schedules, you and I working regular full-time jobs. And, you know, I, I know this isn't the most high-tech or best production value, and our recordings aren't always the best, but, you know, we've figured out how to do most of this on the fly and um, kind of grow with it. And now that we've gotten kind of the basics out of the way, we can kind of uh, put extra spins on it, let our personalities grow, evolve the show. And I, I just like where we're at as a show, as a partnership and uh, just kind of moving forward. I, I'm excited about a lot of the things that we could do and a lot of things that are going to be happening in the next couple of years uh, football-wise. So, you know, let's just see what uh, ends up happening. 110%. You know, as something we were just doing kind of to occupy our time during the heart of quarantine to where we're at right now and where we could be. It's a really fun journey, and I'm happy that I'm along with it, alongside with alongside you so i appreciate you man um it's been fun so far this year i i think we have uh a lot of things to come yet and uh so i look forward to uh getting back together here in a few weeks and seeing where that goes but in the meantime we have a few uh cleanup things I think I might have mentioned in our Super Bowl preview that the website is updated, but we're going to be doing some more content uh, during the course of the season. Anytime we put out a rankings, um, I did send you uh, updated membership and uh, authorship to the uh, site last week, so I hope that you got that. Also, you have the ability to sign up for the newsletter on the website itself, uh, so that's under our umbrella network, Ronnie Duncan Studios. So you can search that out uh, and be a part of the group. We've talked about so a couple of different things. So stated league episodes will be going through each team. Uh, special league rules, mini episodes. We have some pre-draft um, evaluations to be doing. There was kind of an, a half announcement that there's going to be a combine-like thing going on. So we'll have to try and react to that. I know that we might... If there's like a big quarterback shift, if there's like a Deshaun Watson trade, you can imagine that we're going to be doing a small mini pod with at least a reaction thing um, going on. But uh, there's going to be a lot built into the draft coming up here in the next couple of months. We have some uh, special guests that we're going to be announcing as we kind of get closer to that. Uh, some people that have wanted to come on the show. So 
And finally, we're going to be doing our dynasty trade value rankings as we kind of move forward. I think that's a, a great area of figuring out exactly what um, certain players, uh, certain team building pieces are worth and figuring out if we can create kind of a math formula for trade values. So any of those that pique your interest? The trade value thing I think would be super helpful <laughs> just off the top of my head because, you know, even as as a league, I feel like that's something that we could just have like as a resource. But, you know, because everyone views obviously you view your player as higher than someone else views your player. That's the difficult thing about trading. But that sounds mm-hmm. fun. that sounds fun. All right. The last thing I have down uh, before we kind of close up on the season, just to finish out our fantasy playoff bet. So the final score of this week was uh, 53.85 for me to your 27.2 for a final score of 446.8 to your 361.9. I'm sorry, bud. I kind of bested you on that one. Damn. I guess, yeah, if the Chiefs aren't going to score any points, it's kind of hard to get points for myself. <laughs> I never thought that necessarily drafting Tom Brady that early would pay off uh, that well, or that Travis Kelsey was going to be such a, a huge performer, but good God. Congratulations to you. Thank you, sir. So, uh, anything else to add before we close up for season one? No, everyone stay safe out there. All right. Well, thank you to all the listeners and Dynasty players out there. We do appreciate you. We will be back again in a few weeks, uh, probably here in the first part of March, to start season two of the show. But until then. Uh, Talk to you in a couple months, everyone. Continue to wear a mask and, um, yeah, stay safe. This podcast was mixed, produced, and edited by Thomas Duncan. It is a production of Ronnie Duncan Studios. Our technical provider and distributor is Anchor FM.